I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to uh, All Talk with Jason Mike. Very nice to have your company uh, wherever you may be, and at whatever time you're listening to this particular uh, podcast. And uh, Mike Minow, good day, mate. How, how are you? Bloody marvellous, mate, and really excited to be uh, getting stuck into episode number two. Yeah, mate. Uh, obviously, a huge reaction. Huge, my friend. Huge reaction to episode number one. So let's see what happens with episode number two. As you know, we've uh, we've set up our uh, sock med profiles yeah um, I'm running an Instagram page for us it's called all talk with Jason Mike yeah yeah that's great stuff mate how many um, just on that how, how many followers do we uh, have at the moment oh, on all I talk with a, Jason I, Mike I have a look yeah still none okay so it's been a pretty overwhelming response uh, yeah. so far but having said that Mike you were telling me just the other day when we were discussing the second podcast you've had a tsunami my friend of uh, questions you've had a veritable fire hose of uh, uh, advice or people seeking our advice mate and that's always gratifying because there's nothing worse than you know feeling like you're, you're putting all that energy out there and it's going into a, some huge vacuous vacuum it's like you're screaming into a void and yes. that's certainly not the case with all talk with Jason Mike. Um, you know, it's sad in one way because there's so many New Zealanders out there and, and indeed around the world. We're getting uh, emails from a, around the world. It's sad that people have got so many problems, but also fantastic that we're here to be able to help them out with them. Yeah, well, I think it's fair to say that we've both reached a certain age where we've experienced a lot in life and, and, yeah. and you know, we've got that sort of knowledge that we can pass on. We, you, you talk about people all around the world. I, I believe we've got a, a letter today from Eva in, um, in Budapest. Budapest. Uh, that's extraordinary stuff. You see, this, this is what I love about podcasts, of course. They just yeah. go worldwide, don't they? they and you do. can get a real plethora, a real smorgasbord, if I can mm-hmm. put it that way, of... Of, of ideas and thoughts and opinions. Oh, I didn't even know they had the internet in Budapest. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, but not only do they, they're huge fans of All Talk with Jason Mike. Yeah. Well, of all the countries and of all the you know places in the world, who would have thought that our biggest following would be in Budapest? Well, not me. No. Uh, but Eva's changed my mind there. We've actually had more emails from Budapest than we've had from our neighbours over the ditch in Australia. Yeah. The yellow-bellied Australians. Well, I think you were saying something in the ratio of five to one from Budapest to Australia. Uh, that's that's just extraordinary it's, numbers. It's actually five to none. Five to none. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I ask when you say five to none the ratio there is that actually the ratio or you literally mean we've had five from Budapest and none from Australia? Well, the truth is we've had one from Budapest. Right. Okay. And none so, from Australia. Okay. So as we say, look, it's been overwhelming. We've been overwhelmed. I know, uh, Mike, that you've been up to the early hours mm. sifting through all of this stuff. And, yes. you know, with that in mind, mate, it, uh, I, I think we should kick it into it. What do you think? I think so. Uh, anything you want to start off with in particular? I think maybe Pet Chat. Is that dog doing a shit on my lawn? The cat's dead, kids. Truck and trailer from the looks. Pet advice. 
with Jason Mike. What a great little jingle that is, by the way. Uh, Pet Chat. And, and let's be honest about it, mate. For you and I, Pet Chat is probably our favourite segment at the moment. Without a doubt. Well, we can both relate to it because we've both got pets. Yes. Um, so there's a, a like, personally speaking, I've had dogs for most of my life. Yeah. Um, had one for 17 years as a child, and now I've had one for about six or seven years uh, with my current wife. Yeah, because just on that, I mean, we might as well get it out there. You've had five, haven't you? You've had five wives. Wives, yeah. Well, you know, interestingly I mean, enough... I don't, I, I don't, sorry to interrupt you there, mate. I don't want us to sort of segue into relationship chat here, but I, I just wanted to put it on the record that you have, in fact, had five wives. Yeah, and we, maybe we'll get into it, you know, the various reasons why I've had five wives down the track, but now we should be focusing on pet chat. Yeah, mate. Well, as we said, uh, Eva from Budapest has uh, sent in a a question for us, and a bloody good one it is too, Mm. my friend. And she says, Dear Jason Mike, my fox terrier attacks big dogs, and I fear for her life. How do I get her to chill out? Thanks in advance, Eva. Mm. That's a good question, isn't it? Um, I actually have a small dog. Yeah. Um, It's a... King Charles Spaniel crossed yeah. with a papillon. Yes. Can I can, can I be so bold as to phrase it as a an inverted commas toy dog, uh, Mike? I mean, for me, I feel like a toy dog is one that would fit into a handbag. Yeah. Uh, and this would require quite a large handbag. So it's a little bit bigger than the toy. Yeah. Um, and not as embarrassing as a toy. There's, I mean, the dog's called Tinker, so it is quite embarrassing. And, and to be fair, I mean, I, I, I've seen Tinker. She is a little bit embarrassing. Is she? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, in a sort of cute sort of Monty kind of way. Um, but, you know, because, you know, I'm a real dog's dog kind of man. You know what I mean? I, like proper dogs. Right. I already take exception and issue to toy dogs and in inverted commas. Existing. I- existing. Right. Um, because as you say, they're the sort of animal that tends to be carted around in, in, in women's handbags, yes. things like that. That's 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 no existence for a dog, surely, Mike. Well, no, and I'd agree with you there, which is why we don't carry ours around in a handbag. I mean, I know about your dog. Your dog is sort of a, uh, a farm dog, isn't it? It's yeah, a, uh, a proper it's dog, a, Yeah, it's, is it a hunt-away or something, crossed with a rottweiler or no, something like no, that? No, it's no, it's a border collie crossed with a rotty. Sure, and you keep it at home, and, and if, if I'm not mistaken, um, you've got a dog that barks and the neighbours all hate it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's kind of sad in a way because she's morbidly obese as well, being a farm dog stuck inside all the time. So I, I do have some guilt uh, on that front, but at least she's a proper dog, Mike. No, that's true. As opposed to your toy dog. Yes. No, no, I completely agree with you. It is a, it is a, a, a man's a man's dog. And, and, and here's the interesting thing, because I used to work for Greenpeace. I don't know if you know that about me. I used to go door to door for Greenpeace. Oh. And, and I'll tell you something, mate. I'll tell you something about those little toy dogs, those little yappy bastards. They, my friend, were always the ones that bit you. Yes. Uh, the ankle biters, we got, yep. we called them. Uh, you know, those full of attitude. They're like a halfback in a rugby side. Just mm-hmm. yap, 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 bite. Yes. Uh, so I have a, a particular resentment towards those sort of dogs. Yeah, well, that's exactly the kind of dog, really, um, that Eva from Budapest is, is talking about here. A fox terrier, although a fantastic dog. Yeah. Um, they are a little bit. A little bit mental. I don't know if we're allowed to say mental. Yes. Um, but they are. Uh, a friend of mine when I was growing up in Levin, he had a fox terrier. And uh, uh, when the mother went outside and she'd water the lawns, the fox terrier would keep a very close eye on that, wanted to know where the water was coming from. And then the mother would finish up with watering the uh, the gardens and then go back inside. <coughs> and when she came back out, 
the fox terrier had chewed up the entire hose into sort of five inch lengths because it was working its way up the hose to find out where the water came from. Right, okay, well, yeah. How dumb do you have to be? Well, that's a stupid dog, what isn't it? What an idiot of a dog. So uh, that's the kind of dog that Eva's got, an idiot of a dog. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and whilst like you, I probably wouldn't, you know, put it in the toy category because they're, they're gnarly little buggers, the they old te- Of course, designed to go down rabbit holes and destroy rabbits and weasels and that kind of thing. But yeah, very, very much the sort of dog that chews up all your shoes and all that sort of carry on. Just an absolute asshole of a dog, yeah, really. Yeah, that's right. And, and meanwhile, this fox terrier is attacking a big dog, a dog like yours. Yes. So have you ever been out on a walk? Um, I mean, I know you don't like to exercise your dog. No. But on occasion, well, it, it, you might have to take it out to the car because it has to go to the vet because it's struggling with some kind of a coronary issue due to its obesity. Well, she, um, she has asthma as well. Oh. Yeah, so um, she kind of wheezes. Well, that would be probably as a result of um, secondhand smoke in your house, is it? Oh, yeah, I go through about two packs of durries inside. And um, so, yeah, she just sits right next to me, giving me cuddles. But... Um, yeah, I mean... Have you had to deal with it, mate? Have you had to deal with your dog? What's your dog's name? Rue. Rue. Uh, well, funnily enough... It short, was for funny. Ru- short for rooted? No, just Rue. <laughs> Could be short for rooted. True story, actually. I took it, I actually did go out with her once down to Titarangi Beach, which is very close to where I live, and we were attacked by a pack of toy dogs. Oh. Uh, there was, without a word of a lie, about 12 of them, and they were, had the one owner... And they were just like a pack of toy dogs. And they just ran at my dog, Rue. And she was totally and utterly bewildered. She had no idea. how. And they were just rap- yapping all around her. She had, had a few swipes and a few snarls. Right. And then she had to lie down because her asthma had come back. So she just needed to, you know, regain her composure. Yeah, well, what did you do? Did you start swinging the legs out? Because, I mean, from Eva's point of view, she's wondering, you know, how does she get her dog to, to chill out? Um, I mean, well, we've already sort of offered up one idea, haven't we? Just massively overfeed it. Yes. Um, and stop taking it for walks. Yeah. And it'll sort of be um, sort of, I guess, burdened with a lethargy uh, yes. that can't really be shaken. Well, it'll give up all hope, won't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, of course, just on a very fundamental basic level, it, it avoids those confrontations that you'd have if you went for a walk. Exactly so right. So I think that's bloody good advice, mate. Well, I think, the thing, you know, the trouble here is, Eva, it sounds like you're blaming your dog, but you're the one that's creating the problem by taking the dog outside for a walk. Yes. So whose fault is it really? I mean, another idea would be, you know, get a leash. Because if you've got your dog on a leash, is there any issue with it attacking large dogs? Well, exactly. You can just give it a, a firm yank backwards, That's can't right. you? Yeah, I mean, you you know, you can really work on your yank. I find by um, giving it a good sort of, you know... Pull. Yeah, 3,000 yeah, yeah. 3, pound a torque yank. Yeah. Um, you're like you're trying to start a lawnmower. That can be difficult, though, because particularly if you're like my dog and it's morbidly obese... Uh, that yank can really put the elbow and the wrist out, can't it? Well, once you've got it to that kind of fattened up stage, you probably don't have to yank it so much, especially no. if you're not taking it for a walk at all. But yeah, it sounds to me like you just need to do a bit of working out, Eva, and just um, work on really yanking it. And I'll say this, when you're pulling on the leash, you need to pull it with the lead directly behind uh, the scalp. A lot of people I see make the mistake of pulling from the side which doesn't have the effect, what you need is for the collar to dig into the esophagus and the windpipe of the dog. Yeah. And you'll know you've done it right because it'll go, oh, yeah, oh, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. It's interesting that uh, you say, when, like when I take my dog for a walk, I wouldn't actually call it a walk. It's more of a drag. Yeah. You know what I mean? I literally just drag her along the pavement. Yeah. Uh, which exhausts me as well, which is why I'm not inclined to take her for a walk. No, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think, um, Eva, hopefully that will cover off. I think we've covered that. So, so the options are two, as we put it. Um, either don't walk the dog, uh, just let it sit inside all day, get morbidly obese and have asthma. Uh, but if you are going to go for a walk, then make sure you put her on a uh, on a leash and um, give her a good yank when it approaches those big dogs. Good hard yank. Hey, um, great stuff. Now, you and I, Mike, we were talking earlier about the uh, the fact that you've been married five times already. Mm, mm. Um, and so we know a little bit about relationships, so it's time now to have a bit of relationship chat. I think she's cheating on me. It's relationship advice with Jace and Mike. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> sure is. Um, we've got a question here. Hi, guys. Is there any way I can meet people Without going out and meeting people, mm. do I have to use apps? Cheers. Lucy from, uh, where is that? Tiawamutu. There you go. What a great, great question. A very good question. Mm. Um, well, how did you meet your, uh, your current wife? Yes. Uh, well, that's a really good question, Mike. Or she, unlike you, I've owned, this, she's my fourth wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, we were talking last week about acting, and I think it was Dave from Paremaremo mm. who was asking about, you know, do you get to hook into your, all your castmates? And we yes. were like, mate, just back off there. You, you don't be, you don't want that sort of action going on. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, that's what happened with me and my wife. I met her doing a play. Right. Uh, Black Hands, it was called. Oh. Uh, and it was all about um, racist number, was it? No, no, no. It was all about the guy down south. Oh. You know who but- I'm talking. Oh, the guy who oh, really who was accused of murdering his family, David Bain. David Bain. Well, that must have been almost immediately after it happened. Yeah, it was very close. You guys have been together for a very long time. Not you and David Bain, but you and your wife. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much immediately after it happened. Um, and so that was the great. Who did you play? I played the dad. Right. If I recall correctly, it was very topical, Robin. as you say. Yeah, Robin at the time. It was very topical. Unfortunately, though, it was also really shit. Right. It was a terrible play. So, was your wife to be? Did she play Robin's wife? And uh, Yes, she did, yeah. If I remember correctly, weirdly in that play, there was a sex scene in it yeah. between Robin and the wife. I can't remember the wife's name now. Yeah. And um, apparently, that might have been the source. Well, it was, mate, and, you know, we were talking last week about chemistry, and, boy, we were fizzing, um, and it was a real sparks. And, and so I actually met my wife, who's also, and like you, Mike, can I make the point about my wife, uh, she also has won um, Actress of the Year at the New Zealand Film Awards. Right. Uh, but that was many, many years ago, and she hasn't had any work since, just as a bit of a warning to you. Well, that's funny, actually, because I've not had a job since. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, because we have this perception in New Zealand that once you've achieved Best Actor, you've reached the top of the summit, so there's nothing else to achieve. That's why. Oh, I mean, it's held in such high esteem. It is, all around the world. Yeah, all around the world. Yeah, I mean, once you win Best Actor, um, you know, people are just shouting out to you on the street. Yeah. You know, get off the street. 
Yeah, well, I noticed that you walked in today with a, a bit of a beanie on and, and shades, yeah. which is weird because it's absolutely pissing down outside at the moment. But that's the sort of thing you have to do now, don't you? Because you're, you're so well known. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. How did you meet your uh, current, was it your sixth wife? Uh, it's my fifth wife. Oh, fifth um, wife. Okay. I met her when I was working on the film, the trilogy, The Hobbit. Right, okay. And uh, I was working in the production office and she came in there to get some waders. And right, there was just instant electricity. There was a spark. There was a bit of flirtation. No, it took about a year. Right, okay. It took about a year. Well, um, she was coming in for waiters every time. Or no, just no, no. I was, I was just trying to get a uh, just trying to get a date with her, actually. Right, okay. Um, and uh, eventually, she succumbed uh, to my charms. Yes. Very, can you remember your first date? Oh yeah, I can actually. We went and saw a play um, at Circa Theatre in Wellington. Yes. How very uh, cultural of by, it. Uh, by Dave Armstrong. It was a comedy and um, something about a holiday park, I think, from memory. Um, and then we got went out and got absolutely hammered drunk. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Great stuff. And you haven't looked back ever since, obviously. No, no, no. Well, let's get back to the question here because she's, she asks, is there a way I can meet people without going out and meeting people? Do I have to use apps? And I guess by apps she means your Tinder. Your grinder. Yeah. Your bumblebee, I think, is another one. Is it? Yeah. I had a very brief period of using an app. Right. Uh, before I met wa- my wife. But I never, you know, I never actually went on a date or had any, I think the, the youth call it hookups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't have any hookups. Well, that, you know, it depends what sort of meeting you want with people too, doesn't mm. it? I mean, with your Tinders, your grinders, what was it? The, your bumblebees—they're just—they're just shagging apps, aren't they? Well, they, I think oh, that's my perception. I have never been on one myself. That's no. my perception of it. Well, I think that's what they are, and and I'm a, I have got a friend actually, who uh, met his current wife through an app on on your Tinder. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they've they've got two kids now, um, so not a happy ending, but yeah, you know, yeah. But but it just goes to show it doesn't just have to be a, a, a routing device. No, that's right. I think it started out with a bit of routing. Yeah. And that led to um, the relationship and then the kids. Yeah. Well, well, it's, you know, often not a bad thing. Um, routine. You know, yeah, because you can find out about, you know, whether whether or not you connect sexually. Yes, no, that's right. And that is that is a part of it. I mean, and we had a letter in our first podcast, didn't we, where there was a woman there that was a, um, as she sort of a self-proclaimed, lie back and take it. Yeah, well, very much so. Merchant, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our, yeah. our advice to her was just break up with them. Yeah, you know. So sexual chemistry is very important, and it's all chemistry is important. And I think um, that this lady here is going to struggle to establish any kind of chemistry if she's not actually physically meeting anyone. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because if you don't want to meet people, why are you wanting to meet people? Uh, how can well, maybe she just doesn't want to meet the wrong person. She wants to meet the right person. But, you know, you sort of have to sort the wheat from the chaff, don't you? You have to go through a few um, scumbags to get to a good one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming. I mean, when she says, is there a way I can meet people without going out and meeting people? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's really a way around that. No, it's it's an odd question. My, my initial feeling was no. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could Skype, you could get on those Zooms and you just drop in. There's a uh, website called Chat Roulette that used to be a thing about 10 years or so ago. And what you do is you go into Chat Roulette, I'm assuming it's .com, and you hit a button and you're just automatically video chatted, matched up with somebody else around the world. <coughs> right. Um, it didn't really take off because as soon as um, this 
sort of scummier uh, males around the world found out about it, you know, you had a pretty much a 93% chance of just matching with somebody who had his penis out. Yeah, who was whacking off, let's be honest. Let's be very blunt about it. Well. And, and, and that's, and that's, the, uh, that's the, the danger, of course, of the interweb, yeah. uh, is that, you know, you think, or the perception is, particularly if it's not a live kind of link, that you're talking to this beautiful, perhaps, woman over in Budapest, for example. That's but in right. actual fact, it's a 75-year-old man in Thailand. That's right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, there's um, there's a name for that, isn't there, where there's uh, people pretend to be something that they're not, and then uh, before you know it, you've lost your entire life savings. Yes. Could I just recommend to, uh, what was her name again? I think it was Tanya. Yeah, it was Tanya from Tiawamutu. Uh, there's nothing wrong with dying an old maid. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for doing what you want, being able to watch the television shows you want, um, not having to argue with somebody about what you're having for dinner. You know, just go without. Yeah. Um, Passing wind when you want to, not holding it in sort of thing. Exactly right. Undoing I, the buttons on your pants or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, relationships aren't for everyone, Tanya, and to me it just sounds like you can't really be asked anyway. Yeah. Look, I think that's tremendous advice, Mike, because, you know, the perception is that, we're, that you know, there's someone out there for everyone. But that's not true. That's not true, and, and from what Tanya says to me, that maybe isn't true for Tanya either. Well, I get the distinct impression it's not, because, yeah. I mean, Tanya, for, the, for a start, the name isn't, you know, it's not, if I match with somebody called Tanya, oh, don't know about that. Tanya and Mike. Mike and Tanya, Mike and, yeah, yeah no Jason thanks. Tanya. Where do you live, Tanya? Tiawamutu. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nah. I mean, I mean, look, I'll be honest with you, if if I got a, a message from Tanya from Tiawa Moody, I wouldn't be swiping right straight away. Let me put it that way. No, it'd depend on the photos, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I get the feeling that the, the photos that she's got, she'll sort of be, I don't know, gutting a lamb or something. Yeah. Oh, well, you see, I'd like that. You know, you mean like a, 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 a powerful, strong country kind of rural type? Yeah, well, it's sort of that she's, you know, got a bit of home kill yeah, on yeah. the go. Yeah, um, nice. That's not really the go for me. No. Um, I don't. Well, you're a vegan, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah. So you're not going to sort of hook up with someone that's, you know, who's well, well, posting they, photos of home kills. They do say opposites attract. That's true. <laughs> that's true. She can uh, have a nice big chunk of lamb and you can have your birch and muesli. <laughs> Uh, so I think, Tanya, hopefully that sorted you out. I think that's bloody great advice from yeah. my perspective, Mike. Yeah, really good. Hey, now, I think it's time to get into a bit of acting chat. What do you think about that? About time. Cut! Let's go again, please, one more time. Jason Mike bring you acting chat. Now, we had a uh, reply from our mate Dave at Perimarimero. Uh, Maximum Security Prison. Mm. Uh, he asked us the question about, hey, do you guys hook into your cast members when you're doing a show? And he writes, hey, guys, thanks for answering my question on your favourite sex scenes last week. I was hoping for a bit more detail but got there in the end. Mm. Uh, any chance of a couple of nudes for the ceiling? I've got top bunk. Cheers, Dave from Perimaremo Maximum Security Prison. Yeah, mate, we've got those in the post to you. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, uh, but we've got a great question here from Timmy from the Tron. Um, hey, guys, loving the podcast. Was very excited to hear you were doing one. I'm an aspiring actor, 
and as an accomplished actor, as accomplished actors yourselves, I wanted to know your views on, in inverted commas, method acting. Are you fans or do you have a different approach, Timmy from the Chon? It's a good question, isn't it? It is a good question. Um, personally, I've never subscribed to the idea of, of the method stuff. Well, and mainly because it seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've mostly played people in the service industry, so firemen and policemen. Yeah. That's it. Um, so I've never really felt that I needed to go method. I find if I put on the uniform yeah, and then I say the words that they've written down for me and if the other characters say, call me, um, you know, Sergeant Johnson. Yes. Then the mystery sort of made it, created itself for the audience there. I think with those things combined, the audience will believe that I'm a police officer. Yeah, nice. Now, what they can't see is if I've, you know, gone down to the cells and fire-hosed a couple of drink drivers over the weekend. They're not going to know about that, are they? Exactly. And while that will be a good thing for me to have as a memory, that's, you know, funny to think about. It, it, very much so. You know, I don't know if this has been your experience, Mike, but when you're working in an ensemble, uh, an ensemble of, of actors, uh, you know, and you'll always have one that's method, won't you? Yeah. Uh, and there's always muttering. The so, most annoying and yeah, worst actor. Yeah, and everyone's just sort of muttering, wanker. Yeah. Uh, when they find out their method. But it's interesting you should say that because I, I just want to bring this up. I want to make a point, um, you know, you saying that you're not a method actor because after you won the Best Actor uh, in, in the 2019 Film and Television Awards, um, we were shooting, we were doing the ACC uh, commentary mm. and we had to shoot a video and it was just me and you and the rest of the ACC team just being ourselves uh, as part of the ACC commentary team. And I remember that you said, guys, if you don't mind, I'm, I've just got to go away for an hour because I want to get into character for it. Yeah. And, you know, I was like with, with all the crew there going, we were all going, oh, Jesus Christ, what a wanker. Oh, were you? Um, yeah, well, we were actually. Oh, but I know but you've, got to, you, you've got to remember that, that earlier that morning because it was the night after the awards, you just smashed a bowl of cashews against the wall. So you went away to get into, into, into your role um, as it were, for an hour. Then you came back and, and it was all fine. But the weird thing was you were playing yourself. Yeah. Um, so we, we couldn't really get our heads around the fact that why would Mike have to go away to get into character when you were playing Mike? Yeah, I guess I was just bringing myself down from such a high. Right, okay. Is of, that what it was? From the night before. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean the high that came as a result of winning Best Actor. I mean, I was actually still high. I'd been out partying all night. I was smashed to pieces. Right. So I actually went into the uh, to the toilet to find myself, which I had to do by um, throwing up. Right. So you're saying it was more of a sobering experience. Yeah, I needed to uh, sober up. Throwing some cold water on your face, giving yourself a good slapping and having a bit of a chunder in the toilet. That's, yeah, that's oh, well, that yeah. makes sense, you yeah. see, because we were just going, well, we don't understand why Mike has to go away to get into character and he's playing Mike Minogue. Unless, of course, you're like Peter Sellers, one of those type of actors who didn't really have – Peter Sellers didn't know who Peter Sellers was. No. Because he, he became the character. Yeah. And people talk often about the fact that he was such a great actor because actually Peter Sellers, the man, mm. didn't actually exist. Well, he existed to his wife, um, who considered him to be an absolute asshole. Yes. So he wasn't a blank slate. No. He was a prick. He, he was a bit of a prick. Great actor, though. God, great he's a, actor. Yeah, great actor. So, uh, Timmy from the Tron, uh, I think our advice, I think we're pretty... Well, what about you, Josh? You haven't spoken about your own oh, well, approach. I, you know, 
I can't, I can't uh, abide actors that are a little bit self-indulgent. And, mm. and for me, like you, you know, I, I give me the shoes of the character and I'm in character. Put me in the outfit and I'm in character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm very much at the school of, you know, there's the lines, get them out, get it done and piss off home. Let's not, let's not get all wanky about this. Let's not get all, oh, you know, this is my... This is my. This is what I do. This is my totally heart, my agree. passion. So let's just stop pissing around. Yeah. Say the lines. Get them out. Don't stuff up. Go home. I think we're very much what would be considered character actors, aren't we? Very much. In so. the sense of, you tell me what the character is. I'll put the clothes. I mean, nobody's going to watch Jason Hoyt and Mike Minogue and, and and walk out of that film, which is probably not going to be in a picture theater. No. And say, Jesus, was that Jason Hoyt? God, he disappeared into that character, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. No? Nobody's going to say that about you or, or me. We'll just be us wearing different clothes. Pretty much, mate. And and just by the fact that, you know, I'm a character actor because, quite simply, I have a bit of a munty face. <laughs> I'm not going to be a lead man, am I? I mean, you could maybe pass for a lead man. You, you've got that slender build, that sort of chiseled jaw, but I'm never going to be a lead man, Mike, because I, I've got a munty face. No, I think you're more likely to be a leading man than oh, I do am. you? Yeah, yeah, Oh, that's absolutely. interesting. But I can't imagine ever being in the situation where I had to be a romantic lead. No. I don't think I'd like that. I mean, I'd like to be in ladies' night, you know, that play in Wellington and Palmerston North. Oh, yeah, how's that? Are you still doing that, are I've you? I've had to turn it down. Right, okay. Why is that? You, well, because it's it's full frontal nudity. Oh, yeah. Well, in that case, like if you were nude on stage, uh, it would be very easy to describe your body as the face of a lead man and the genitals of a character actor. <laughs> so you can play both roles, mate. So that's great stuff. So Timmy from the Tron, I hope that answers your question. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, I think it's time, uh, Mike, we're going to do a bit of sport chat. What do you reckon, mate? He's been doing it all day, Rev. It's over. Run, 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 kick. Sports chat with Jason Mike. Yeah, sports chat uh, with Jason Mike. And we brought up the point uh, last week, um, Mike, about a, a few people had asked us, what gives us, you know, mm. the right to be talking about sport? Who do we think we are to be talking about sport on a podcast? That's right. And, I, you know, I thought we'd put it to bed in that last podcast, but we've actually had the most emails come in still saying, well, who do you guys think you are to talk about sports? So I think perhaps before we address you know, it'd be great to be able to talk about the Bledisloe game from the weekend. Yeah, yeah, the sporting issues. You know, you know the things that are going on around the world sports-wise. Um, but I think we have to defend our pedigree again. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can get into that a little bit. I mean, I know, Jace, that you've been heavily involved in cricket for many, many years outside of the commentary side of things with the Alternative co- Commentary Collective, but also as an umpire yeah. um, for many, many years. But... Mm. How did you get started in cricket, mate? What a great question. Um, and, you know, you're right in terms of uh, the listeners 
firing in those emails. They're quite vitriolic, some of them, weren't they, about what gives you bastards the right to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think we very clearly stated our soccer credentials uh, last week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. From a very young age, I was fascinated by balls. Mm. And I've always had good hand-eye coordination, Mike. So it was a natural phenomenon for me to actually move into the, the game of cricket, the great, the gentleman's game, as yes. we like to call it. And uh, all through all through my school, all through my life after school, and even to this day, cricket has played a fundamental and foundational sort of role in my life. Right. Yeah. So um, I think, as you say, I've been an umpire at a pretty high level. Yeah. Uh, for I was for about six seasons. So I think I'm more than qualified to chat about sport and the, and, and the sporting world. What about yourself? Well, you know, I've always been something of a cricket tragic. Mm. What, you mean you're really shit at the game? Oh, no. Um, th- well, that as well. Yes. Um, but I, I just have to watch every game. And that's, you know, that's not the sort of the, the fair weather friends that you sort of find now that the Black Caps have come into their own and, and sort of aren't embarrassing themselves like the, yes. wor- like the Warriors do every week, who I also watch. Uh, but I start. I've Why would watched, you do that to yourself? Well, you know that's that's the thing, isn't it? You can't choose your sports teams, mate. No, you you're know, not going to tell me that, choose you. You're not going to tell me you're either Warriors that it's all going to be great next, next year. Our, oh, next yeah, okay. our, yeah, you're one of those yeah, yeah, supporters. Yeah, yeah right. Without a doubt. Well, it's not this year. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's true. It's never been this year. Um, so I actually I played a lot of sport as a young man. You, you know, you know about um, how incredible I was as a as a soccer player. Uh, but when it came to cricket. You know, you play a lot of backyard stuff. Um, our next-door neighbours, there was nine kids next door. Right, perfect. So there was me and my brother. That made up an 11. Perfect. Um, so we used to play a lot. But when it came to the arranged games that were sort of organised by the school, I sat next to, to me mate Hendrix, and he loved his cricket. Great um, name, by about, the way. Yeah, was that his first name, name, was it? First name, Hendrix. Hendrix, great. Hendrix, yeah. And... Um, Sort of must have been about nine or ten years old, I guess, before we started cracking in. Well, before I started cracking into the cricket, and um, he'd be talking about it all week, every single day, all through class. He's talking about we got cricket, cricket season starting, cricket season starting, every single day. And he had all the gears. He had the Duncan Fernley Magnum, the whole. I'm not sure actually, probably a bit heavy for a young man that one. Yeah, yeah. Although true. he was a big, solid boy. Uh, but the pads, he had everything. He had the kit bag. He had the lot. I had nothing. Uh, so he was so excited about that game of cricket, that first game of cricket for the season and, you know, the, the day started and, and I got selected to open the batting with Hendricks. He was down the other end and, um, you know, I just remember sort of a bit anxious. Yeah, well, opening the batting, it's pretty, pretty scary it stuff. It is, it is. But I've always been good under pressure. Yeah. Um, so as the uh, opposition bowler steamed in from about six yards out, um, you know, time slowed down. Yes. And, okay. and as the ball was released from the hand, I... I could sort of see it like a uh, like a beach ball, and I just hit it straight to mid on and and ran Hendricks out first ball. Yeah, well, the, the tragedy for Hendricks because he was quite a good cricketer, wasn't he? <laughs> he was really good, and he was passionate about the game. Well, he'd been waiting all week for that. Well, and of course, like, that was it. You like you were saying, he that's all he talked about for a week. Yeah. In fact, if I recall, I remember you telling me that story um, a little bit earlier. It was for a couple of weeks he was talking about it, wasn't he? Yeah, he was because it was, you know, you've got a bit of time uh, before the season actually starts. <coughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he was massively disappointed and it put a bit of a chink in our friendship. Yeah, it would. Uh, but I actually, I quit cricket after that because my problem with it was I didn't like to let people down. So you're better to give up. Yeah. 
Look, and I think if there's any message we'd like to get out there to the young people, uh, rather than let people down in life, it's always better to just give up. Yeah. Um, you know, don't try. No. Um, because this is the thing about sport too, isn't it? You know, we encourage our kids to play sport, you know, as parents we want them to get out there and get involved. But if you're really shithouse at it, just don't do it. No, because what you're going to do is you're going to ruin it for everybody else. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had a couple of kids like that on our on our soccer team. Yeah, yeah. Just liabilities? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. we had to, I mean, you know, we actually would have a, a chat, you know, the good players in the team would have a, have a word to each other about how we could – you know, drive these losers out of our side. Yeah, or or at least minimise their impact. Oh, that, or obviously you'd never pass them the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd, um, you'd you know, push them over when the ref wasn't looking, that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, just subtle, subtle little, um, I guess you'd call it bullying. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that, I guess it had some long-term effects for them. Yeah, well, well potentially, but then... You know, you've got to think about and put in perspective the long-term effects of being forced to play sport when you're really shit at it. Well, that's right. That, do, that doesn't have a good effect either. I mean, mm. sure, they weren't given an opportunity to improve. To to excel? No. No. I, you know, that was sort of taken away from them. But then that was the same thing that I did for myself with cricket. Yeah. You know. Well, you red-carded yourself, really, I did. I gave you? myself a red card, yeah. You just said no because, you know, I don't know if you had to, like most kids... Oh, when they're young, when you're picking sides, yep. and the humiliation, of yeah. course, of being the last one picked, and that totally. was always you, wasn't it? Well, you know, what I do there is I actually make sure that I was the captain and got to do the picking. Oh, yeah, the good call, good yeah, call. You know, and then you get to get some good players on your team. But the other thing is that you know, with cricket, the the really thing, the thing that I found really difficult about it was how boring it was. You know, spend a lot of time in the field. Yeah, um, and I've seen it these days as well. And I used to be one of these kids. I just go and play up a tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, you know, just make a daisy chain. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me that kind of charming story of um, you as a young fella playing a game of cricket and making a daisy chain out in the outfield. Hey, but actually that's a really good tactic because, you know, we talk about being the, the or living through the humiliation of being the last one picked. Mm. And you said, of course, you made yourself captain. And that, and that's very clever because you're, you're a good talker, aren't you, Mike? Yeah, yeah. And so you were able to talk yourself into the position of skipper, that's talk right. a big game, but actually when it came to playing the game, you were shithouse. That was rubbish. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, and also the, the advantage of being skipper is you get to sort of choose and decide yeah. Who plays, where they play, all that's that right. sort of stuff. That's so you, right. could, you could manipulate the situation to suit your own ends. Well, that's what I do is I'd put myself out in the field where there were the most amount of daisies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I think, you know, these guys that are sending in these emails saying that we don't have pedigree when it comes to sport. Yeah, they I think we're giving them a bit of an education here. Yeah, and look, I have got no qualms about the fact that I think this is address this addresses the question fully. I don't expect any kind of um no. any kind of uh, uh of that kind of email coming in for our for our next show. That's for sure. How are we looking on the Instagram account, mate? How many fans have we got yet now? Still none. Okay, still none. Now a lot of people have been coming up to me on the street and saying, G'day, Jace. Hey, listen, how do I get in contact with these guys if I do have a question? Because I believe behind the scenes, Mike, you've been busy setting up all sorts of stuff so people can get in contact with us. That's absolutely right, Jace. I mean, obviously, we've got the Instagram account, which everybody knows about. Um, that's all talk with Jace and Mike, and you can just get along there, click follow, 
um, share that to your story so that other people find out about the podcast. And you can send in any questions about any subjects you like um, just with a DM, slide into my DMs there, um, and just punch off a couple of questions for us, which we'll answer here on the podcast. Alternatively, uh, you can send us an email on alltalkwithjasonmike at gmail.com. Uh, all of your emails uh, will be confidential. Yes. Uh, we won't be letting uh, any of your details out, like your your home address, your phone number, your email address or anything like but, that. But, I mean, if they want to include them in the, in there, uh, you know, in pics too. Yeah. Uh, we, we enjoy getting pics. Yeah, because, some photos. You know, just, just because it gives us an idea of the kind of listener that we have on the podcast. Well, that's, that's all. Not, there's nothing pervy about it. No, that's right. I mean, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, uh, Tanya's question from earlier on, I mean, yeah. it'd be great to know, you know, in that instance – you know, how old is Tanya? Yes. You know, what's her life experience? You know, the more details that you can give us in these emails, the better. So don't don't feel like it has to be one line, you know. Really, really overshare with us um, is probably the best way to go. And then you're going to get the best advice from us, aren't you, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Tanya, of course, the one that wrote in, is there a way I can meet people without going out and meeting people? That's right. Uh, which was a great question. Oh, it was a hell of a question. I mean, um, it didn't make much sense. I, I worry about her, you know, you know, mental health a little bit, but um, I think we gave the best advice that we could. Also, when it comes to the podcast, obviously available on Spotify and iTunes and anywhere else you find. Tinder? Might be. Okay. I'll have a look. I'll have yeah, a look. Maybe right. we should start a Tinder account. Maybe. Well, we're both married men. I don't, you know, we, I mean, as we said, you're on your fifth wife now, so I don't, I don't know that you, you want to be careening towards your sixth. I wouldn't want to get married again. No. No. Um, but if you can just uh, give us a five-star review yeah. uh, for the podcast there and uh, just give us a review, five stars, and um, and we'll send you out a uh, prize pack. Yeah, just on that front, by the way, mate, uh, we're in the process, because it's early days for us in this podcast, yeah. uh, we're in the process of getting some amazing prizes together yeah. um, to all our listeners out there. That's so, right. So I'd say probably next year uh, we'll be looking at giving out some great prizes to all our listeners. That's great right. Stuff. Yeah, I'm cleaning out my garage this week. Oh, bit good. Of, bit of spring cleaning, so um, yeah, there'll be a bit of a prize pack available shortly. Nice. Uh, well, I think that's it for Jason Michael, Talk with Jason Mike. Anything else you want to finish off with Mike I think we've covered the issues that we've been sent in thus far I'd just like to say um, just during this chat you've, you've probably had one too many buttons undone for my life oh yeah sorry about it's that it's been really gaping out yeah a lot of people say that to me it's because I've got a heavy breast Mike oh. uh, it's not actually intentional it just pops right you know and so if there's oh, a the bit button of, pops yeah the button yeah the button pops um, and, and there is a bit of man cleavage going on so that's why I like just like to let them breathe well if you see my eyes sort of averting yeah, themselves I found that from your to be eyes, honest. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll know what's going on. No, that's no worries, mate. Hey, uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. All Talk with Jason Mike. We'll be back again next week, eh? Kia ora. Nice. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.